You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Uh, on my mind is the fact that I can never get the right amount of fucking sleep. <laughs> Dude, I was, you know, I was, I had a late night last night, you know, uh, it's like, ah, oh, I'm laying in bed. My, my legs feel like they're running in place and it's like, I outdosed myself, took some, uh, CBD, had like some of the most bizarre sleep and woke up <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> why was it why was it bizarre was it just dream dream world or just in general oh just dream world i just like it felt real like why why have cbd sleep like the dreams feel like they're really happening so it's just like and I, I wish i could document them or remember them like five minutes after i wake up but it's yeah. it's, it's 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 bizarre you know how, how real <laughs> those dreams feel and you wake up and you look at the clock and you're like oh oh it was a dream I uh, I share your frustrations with sleep. I haven't had sleep correctly in about a week and a half. Uh, We had that whole you know baby thing. Yeah. So the baby's been up, uh, you know, feeding and crying, and yeah, that little that little damn thing. Now I've been crying, you know, every couple of hours. So my sleep schedule is very weird. But Courtney tells me that I don't really move too much. I just like jostle and then rolled over. But I can feel that my body has been awoken. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like you're just like you're unsettled when you wake up. You're like, yeah. fuck, I think I woke up again. <laughs> as, Have you I had yaw- a as I yawned into the mic? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, hey man, hey, that's what we're here for, pal. It's live. We're, we're live to tape, god damn it. This um, is the high entertainment meaning? you get from uh Mind that, and the Meanie. You know? This is what you get when you 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 can see him yawn live yeah. right now. If you go to patreon.com slash mind of the meanie, sign up today, become a part of the pod squad, and you too can watch Blue Meanie yawn into the microphone. Yeah, uh, I, lots. To, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. Please go ahead. No, hey man, this is mine of the meaning, not mine of the atom. Okay, we are here today uh, to record another fantastic episode. Shout out to the Pod Squad. Yes. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, we are recording uh, a little inside baseball. We're recording midweek. It's a little bit earlier than we like to record, but Meanie's got some uh, some things going on this week, and we are happy to oblige. Yeah, I'll be uh, tomorrow Thursday. I'll be driving out to Indianapolis, Indiana. For the Squared Scare Cold Wrestling Expo, which will be fun. Uh, going out there with my good friends in uh, Collar and Elbow. Uh, use promo code Meanie, save 10%. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, they were like, hey, well, here, here's the thing. I was like, man, 
you know, I was wa- watching everybody at WrestleCon during WrestleMania weekend and I wasn't booked, Terry. But uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I told him, I was like, look, if you ever need a guest down the line, please hit me up. They're like, what are you doing? You know, April 16th. I was like, oh, all right, uh, nothing. <laughs> so uh, I was like, you, you want to do the convention? I was like, yeah, sure. And then I realized it was Easter weekend and we were supposed to go to Mrs. Meany's family on Easter weekend. So once I realized that, we told her parents and, and we went we went to uh, uh, Mrs. Meany's mom's the week before Easter and had dinner and stuff like that. So I uh, had a road trip last weekend to Connecticut. This week we're driving to Indiana and then I got a wedding the following week. So uh, a couple uh, interesting weekends. But my, what I'm really looking forward to besides, you know, going to Indianapolis, Indiana and uh, for the Square Circle Expo is I am going to purposely make a pit stop in Lima, Ohio and have a Cupie burger. boy, That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, kind of my uh, prerequisite for any long trip out. That's going to be in anywhere in remotely in Ohio. It's going to be like an hour and a half out of the way there, but it's going to be so worth it. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, nostalgic. I want, I want to stare at the building I trained in, even though it's not open anymore, and just like stand at the door and go, hmm, you know, stroke, <laughs> st- stroke my beard. and There you go. Remember all Get the wistful uh, mischief. And- What's that? Get wistful and remember all the good times. Yeah, queue up uh, Madonna's. This used to be my playground. And, uh, <laughs> That's used, a deep cut. It's a deep bird, Meanie. This used to be my playground. playground. <laughs> yeah. That used to be my childhood dream. Yes. It was a league of their own, right? Was yes. that the name? That's yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Madonna was fine as hell in that movie. That's my favorite scene <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> that is a great flick, man. It that is. is a fantastic movie. It is. Uh what's his name? John Lovitz was the best. Yeah. <laughs> I forget why his, he was like an agent or he, he was he was the yeah. office for the baseball team or whatever. I don't know. I'm gonna go home, get my wife to pickle tickle, and uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it just sounds so much grosser coming from him. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were saying this. coming from me. I was like, well, I no, it sounds natural coming from guys what? like us, but from what John Lovitz, it's like, man. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. But we do should talk about this. Gilbert Gottfried passed away uh, oh my yesterday. God. Oh the age of 67. Came out of nowhere. Um, the any fun memories of uh, Gilbert Gottfried? Oh, dude. If you grew up in the 80s, uh, the 80s was like the boom period for stand-up comedy. You know, there's a show on every day. You can turn on one channel and see uh, – an evening at the Improv, MTV's Half Hour Comedy Hour, VH1's Comedy Spotlight, hosted by Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, a and E was just a new channel. They had their stand-up comedy, and you know, uh, you know there's like a, 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 a standard of comedians that were always on. And Gilbert was one of those comedians. Um, I believe I first saw Gilbert in. Beverly Hills Cop, he might have been in Beverly Hills Cop. I, I want to say he was in one of those movies. And then he was in the Phil Collins video for Two Hearts, which uh, starred the Ultimate Warrior and uh, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp, uh, which they filmed like right down the street from the Monster Factory. But uh, Gilbert was in, that, in the opening uh, skit 
you know, back in the 80s when they did skits and videos. But, dude, talk about a guy who just was like, he stood out. You know, that's that's the important thing. Like, he, it's one thing to go up there in a suit and just, you know, tell straight up just jokes and stuff like that. But he was, he had his own voice, literally and figuratively. He was a caricature. You can you can draw him. You can look at his silhouette and know it was him. You could. He was a, a human caricature, and uh, you know it wasn't until you know, and it wasn't until like you know he started doing uh, the roasts and stuff like that that you know, I mean he was known, but he became prominently known for you know, you know his roasts and uh, the documentary uh, the aristocrats and stuff like that, and it's probably the most filthiest joke in the history of the planet Earth, but. I now love I let's let's stay on that for a second because the Aristocrats is just an incredible movie and anyone yeah. who's not familiar with it go go out of your way to pick it up but um, I'll lay this up for you and then I want to get your opinion on it. So basically, the Aristocrats is just this joke that the comedians tell each other to try to like gross each other out. It's basically like inside baseball yeah. for the boys and girls of, of comedy, right? Yeah, and. It's this this incredibly filthy joke, and you just add as many filthy, disgusting, awful layers to it, and then at the very end, it's well, what do you call your act? And it's the aristocrats, and it's this just this obnoxious joke. But everybody always said that Carlin's version was the best. Yeah, but I feel like for me, and it's not just because both of them are gone now. I mean, all three of them are gone now, yeah. but I felt like between Bob Saget and Gilbert Gottfried. The two of them were just as as insane as anyone you could possibly imagine. So, who gave you? Who would you say was your favorite rendition of the Aristocrats in that film? Oh, I'm 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 always partial to Carlin, but I'll say uh, Saget was great because again, he's America's dad, telling right. the, telling the world's filthiest joke. But then you got Gilbert, who's just this cartoon character. And he's just over the top, just and then the daughter, you know, just uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah, so good. And, and the beauty of the joke is you can just make up anything, and, mm -hmm. and like the joke isn't a standard joke. The as long as you hit that fucking punchline, you're good. You know, yeah, you, you gotta hit that punchline right at the proper go home moment. You know. You can't let it go a little too long. You got to fucking, well, what do you call this act? You know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Gilbert, man, he, uh, he died yesterday. When, when he died yesterday, there's like this joke he, he did about tea, which is always in my head. You know, it's, it's one thing somebody tells a joke and you, it, you, little things make you think of that joke the rest of your life. Like I, I've been sick with, you know, well, not say well, like my allergies are out of fucking control. So I've been drinking a lot of tea. And he talks about tea. And then, like, he has this line he goes, Pardon me, but your tea bag is urinating in my warm water or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm butchering it. I'm not saying it as funny as Gilbert. But every time I drink tea, I say, a part of me, uh, your tea bag is urinating my cup of warm water. Or, yeah, as loud as I'm bombastic as he could say it, and without me saying it and scaring my neighbors right now. Uh, yeah, just he's a part of pop culture. You know, he's just yeah. uh, you know he 
he's a legendary comic that other comics loved. Uh, you know, he, he, you do the voice and people know who he is, who you're talking mm-hmm. about. And everybody's got their favorite thing. And, uh, he said, you know, he said unexpected. Holy shit. It was an unexpected. And, uh, you know, you, you're like, man, hopefully it's, it, you, you don't hope for a practical joke like that, but you're like, man, 67, still young. Yeah. Yeah. He's still young. That's, you know, that's what, we had 20 years on me, you know, it's yeah. just, you start doing the math. You're like, oh, how much longer do I have? You know? Right. And I hate, I, I really do. I feel like we talk about this every week. Now, yeah. And it's just like, it's just the meanies, meanies death hour. And it's just like, it just sucks because it's, it's a part of, you know, I know you, I, I saw you posted today about, uh, or yesterday about Balls Mahoney. It was his anniversary since his passing. Yeah. And it's just like, man, it just never seems to stop. And it just, it, it's very frustrating. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess a good anniversary is today. Uh, Slickter reminded us here in the Patreon room that today is yeah. barely legal day, which man, we finally remembered a uh, an anniversary. Um, <laughs> thank you, Slickter. Breaking news: we actually remembered something on the show. Yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, not to take away from Gilbert, but yeah, yeah, it's just no. uh, too many anniversaries, man. It's just. He, he just yeah. real. It just it's a reminder that you know, life is fragile. Uh, it can end at any time, but uh, it just makes you think. You know, man, just you know, you start missing your friends. You know, just stuff like that. And then Balls Mahoney. I mean, every death it hurts, but dude, he uh, he died the day after his birthday. It was it was Jesus. His, it was his birthday, and then uh, the next day, you know. One moment he's sitting on the couch playing Jeopardy, watching Jeopardy with his family, and then he's gone within like <sighs> minutes. Just wow. He had been in a, a car accident or something like that and really banged him up and uh, just sitting on the couch playing Jeopardy, answering along with all the questions. And then a couple minutes, you know, it just it sucks. But, you know, um, God bless Gilbert. God bless, you know, John, AKA Balls Mahoney. Uh, I still see his wife, still see his, his son, you know. That's the thing, yeah. I still see some of the, you know, the the, the family members around town. I see Cronus' son every now and then, you know, uh, around South Philly. But, um, yeah, man, just uh, in the words of uh, Warren Zevon, who uh, did a documentary while he was passing away of cancer, he's like, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm dying of cancer. Let me do one last album. And he hung on for a little while. It, I don't know. It was like a cancer that was supposed to do you in. But he hung out and hung around. And he, and he even went on, uh, he went on David Letterman. He's like, I swear, people, this isn't a, a, a joke. You know, I'm, I'm really dying. I'm, I'm still here. But he had a, 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 a saying during that course of dying, you know, from cancer that uh, enjoy every sandwich. Just uh, enjoy every sandwich every day, you know, just... You know, enjoy every day, you know, because it might be, you never know when your last one's going to be. So, you know, uh, rest in peace, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. And uh, I know we referenced this and we'll we'll transition into Barely Legal now, but um, The Aristocrats, it's a 2005 documentary. Yes. It was produced by Penn Gillette and Paul Bermenza. I mean, there's literally a who's who of comedians in this movie. Everybody from George Carlin 
Bob Saget, uh, Gilbert Godfrey, John Stewart, Chris Rock. Um, they, so Sarah Silverman's in it. They even get the guys from South Park just in an animated version of the kids <laughs> from South Park doing the, the aristocrats. Uh, it's really, it's quite a movie. So go out of your way to take, to take a look at it. But I, I, 25, I, yeah. Real quick, you, you just remind me of the name, uh, Paul Provenza. He was a comedian from the eighties. If, uh, right before we get to barely legal here, just, uh, if you get a chance, look up Paul Provenza's green room, which was like, kind of like a, just a talk show where a bunch of comedians just sit around and, and bullshit. And it's some of the most fascinating uh, you know, conversation. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan yeah. of a good conversation, but just a bunch of stand-up comedians, some well-known, some up-and-comers. This was like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, as like on Showtime, but I think it's on YouTube. Uh, the Green Room. It, it's hysterical. I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. Uh, Barely Legal, the ECW pay-per-view, April 13th, 1997, 25 years ago today at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The very first pay-per-view from ECW. I actually watched a clip of Paul Heyman giving you guys a uh, pep talk in the back this morning. Yeah. I saw our dear friend Blue Meanie in the video there, (laughs) uh, clapping and getting excited. What a card, man. Yeah. What a card this was. What a show this was. Lots of incredible names. Rob Van Dam, Lance Storm, the Eliminators, the Dudley Boys, Full-Blooded Italian, Shane Douglas, Taz, and of course, the bluest of Meanies was at the show. (laughs) Uh, It's crazy, man. It's crazy to think that this has been 25 years ago. I know we touched on it a little bit last week, but... um, how are you feeling today, knowing that this was uh, this was 25 years ago? How do you uh, how do you feel about that? And I also want to talk about Joey Styles in a second too, because I think yeah. it's important to note his part in this. But how do you uh, how do you feel about this? How is it? Uh, how's it feel to know it was 25 years ago? It's, it's insane because you know that means I'm 25 years older, but it feel I don't feel much older. Uh, I still got the uh, I got the. Uh, aches and pains, which I'm like, is that pro wrestling aches and pains or is that just getting older aches and pains? I don't know. But uh, 25 years ago, my God, um, it's an event that was supposed to happen sooner. And then, you know, the mass transit thing happened. Yeah. It got delayed, but, you know, our fans rose up and annoyed the the cable companies enough to uh, give us a platform to have a pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, it, it was crazy because, like, you know, last night was the anniversary of uh, the Terry Funk banquet. And even though we were having the banquet the night before, you know, to honor Terry Funk, he's, he's still in wrestling. You're like, uh, you know, you're always taught don't believe anything until it's it's happened and you've been paid for it, you know, because everything in wrestling is written in pencil. That's why it's the Booker's pencil, because the other end has an eraser on it. And uh, it could easily rub that out. So, uh, yeah, and re- pro wrestling, don't believe anything until you've actually done it and paid for it and then still question it. Um, it, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, uh, our first dive into live television as a company, you know, some of us had done Monday Night Raw, you know, to help promote it, stuff like that, which is an honor in itself as well, you know, to be considered one of the the few acts to, you know, go up to uh, the Manhattan Center and, and do Monday Night Raw, you know, to present, represent ECW. But uh, 
It was like, a, I mean, if you watch Beyond the Mat, you know, the, you know, and there's a, a few other documentaries out there too that, you know, have some footage. There's a one big celebration, you know, uh, you know, every ECW arena show, people would be out there tailgating at like 9am, 10am, you know, just to, uh, hopefully get a, a seat in the bleachers, you know, they got their coolers and all that shit. And you, know, you pull up to the arena and well, I live in the neighborhood. I'd be passing by to go get groceries and during the day and there'd be a line around, you know, oh shit, they're already out here already. So, uh, if you watch the documentary, you know, you know, fans were out there cheering and just tailgating, you know, the day of, you know, the pay-per-view and, you know, they're sat, you know, you pull up the building, you're used to normal fare, you're used to seeing fans, but oh my God, there's satellite trucks. Uh, we have, uh, cops out front, you know, guarding the entrance. It's like, what? <laughs> and then you walk in and there's like that, the locker room was a little bit more lit, uh, better lit because, you know, the big man beyond, beyond the map crew was there filming. Normally it would just be a, a pit, like, not pitch dark, but like a dark, dark locker room with very little lighting, but it was well lit for the, you know, the movie. And then you wander through the curtain, through the, you know, through our version of gorilla position, through the curtain. And then you walk out to the arena and you're just, wow. You know, the building's well lit because, you know, WWE helped us get a, a lighting rig and then, uh, you know, they painted the floor. Like, the floor is clean. Oh, my God. They painted the floor. You know, and all these other things. And then you just, you know, go and try to have a normal day as unnormal as it feels because you're in a place you've always been, but it's just something's a little bit different. Yeah. I like to use the uh, Wayne's, World, Wayne's World reference a lot. I use, I use the Wayne's World reference in reference to WWE CW. Because it was ECW, but it really wasn't ECW. Uh, but, uh, you know, barely legal, you know, it's like they go to, uh, you know, the, the uh, in Wayne's World, they go to the uh, new taping of Wayne's World now that they've been sold to Noah's Arcade and everything's a little bit, well, a lot nicer. So you go up to the arena, everything's a lot nicer and... Uh, you're like, man, this is really happening, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you, know, <clears throat> you know, you've been around, if you've been around for a little bit, you, you know, you start doubting a little bit of things. But it, it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, uh, you know all, like in WWE, you work all year just to hopefully get a spot in WrestleMania uh, and to be a part of the first ever ECW pay-per-view. The fact that, you know, I found a spot, got a spot on it. You know, I didn't wrestle, but hey, I was on the card. You know, I was part of, you know, Stevie's, uh, in Stevie's corner. Huge honor, you know, because you, yeah. you only get one shot at a, what's the saying? You only get one shot at first suppression. You get, you you get one shot at doing something for the first time and just be a part of ECW's first uh, pay-per-view on that scale uh, in a company that, People still talk about to this day, you know, with such reverence, you know, nobody's chanting, the, you know, AWA at shows. Nobody's chanting WCW at Or WCW, shows. right. Yeah. And, and th th I grew up loving those promotions, but uh, there's something about ECW just stuck with people. It was kind of like, you know, when you saw the Ramones or, you know, the Sex Pistols, you know, they had an impact they weren't around too long, but they had an impact that people still talk about them today. People still wear their T-shirts, you know. 
ECW was a punk rock movement in professional wrestling. I'm uh, I'm just going through some stats here on this event. Um, yes. It looks like you guys had a buy rate of 0.26, which is the equivalent buys of 104,000 buys, which is probably crazy to think about yeah. at, with an ECW event. I mean, it, I just can't even imagine like the the just Paul's eyes when he saw that number. Like, holy shit, we actually we pulled it off. In, you know, in that time frame too. You know, yeah. With very little TV to exposure, well, ex- ex- except for, you know, being mentioned on WWE TV, which helped. But we were just a syndicated company, just doing syndicated yep. TV. And to pull that number is, is remarkable. I'm reading some of the history about this as, you're, as we're talking here, and it looks like Wade Keller was actually the one that was responsible for the request TV deal falling apart because yeah. of the uh, mass transit comment. Uh any thoughts on that? I mean, have you has has that ever come up? I know Wade, like, hey man, like, why did you do that? Um, it seems that we, I would imagine it be what it was it an accidental thing. Like, do you have any idea what happened there? No, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it was intentional. Uh, you know, well that sucks. Yeah. Well, look, I I like Wade. You know, if you're going to be a, a newspaper reporter, I want well, a, a wrestling newsletter reporter. Be a Dave. Don't be a Meltzer. Um, <laughs> because you know, uh, it, you mean be a Wade, don't be a, don't be a Meltzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. It, it's early. Um, <laughs> yeah, be a Wade, don't be a Meltzer. Uh, yeah, shout out to Wade. Shout out to Wade Keller. I enjoy his work, dude. I I I got his newsletter. You know, we come every week and uh, come with a color five by seven, which I'm sure some of, I still have of. Photos he took of uh, being a ringside photographer. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if he meant to be, you know, make 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 the news happen, but he made the news happen by reaching out and asking them what they thought of this thing that they weren't aware of. So, you you go from reporting the news to becoming the news, which. Uh, I'm pretty sure in the world of news really isn't like a good thing. Yep. You're right. Spo- you're supposed to be bringing the news to the people, you know? So, you know, it's and not creating the news to bring to the people to hopefully push your, you know, sales for your newsletter. So now can I ask a question real fast? Was the mass transit incident, had it already been like widely reported outside of what you would consider the dirt sheets or was that the first time it had gotten like massive exposure because of Wade? Uh, I don't remember. I remember it happening. And then from what I know, it was over with, you know, it was like uh, a quick in and out and like the storm came in, storm was out and then it was done. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we had been having, you know, you know, Paul would do like a random, uh, Post-show meeting, you know. I remember we were in Revere at the dog track where, you know, the mass transit thing happened. This is months later. And he pulls all of a sudden, hey, we got this thing for a pay-per-view. Uh, this is going to happen, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there was another uh, post-show, you know, or pre-show meeting at a show in, in Blackwood, New Jersey. Uh, he pulled us all together. Okay, so this is how the pay works and blah, blah, blah. You know, preparing us for pay-per-view stuff. And then, you know, the paper we got cut, and then it's back on. Uh, yeah, but as far as like you know, the incident, 
I had I hadn't heard anything until you know New Jack started having to go to court for it and stuff like that. You know, then it came back up, but right, right. But at the time, it wasn't something that had been widely circulated or publicized outside of maybe inside of like that small syndicated dirt sheet world. Not that I'm aware of. No, because right. you know. Yeah, I'm living my I'm living my life every day and going to the shows and stuff like that. And you know, I, I'm kind of nosy, you know. So <laughs> I kind of want to know what's going on, you know, some dirt. Uh, but yeah, I I had not heard of it outside of, outside the dirt sheet world. No. One other thing I wanted to mention here about this event was uh, Joey Styles. At the time, it was unheard of for commentators color commentators to, uh, you know, announce shows by themselves. And Joey Styles did that for this and multiple other shows after this point, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, how important was that for Joey Styles to be the one to sort of plant his flag and be like, yeah, I was the only one who did this. I was the one who completed a show alone. And I mean, how, what, what was that like for him going through that processes and, and knowing he was going to have to do it by himself? And what did it mean for him? Oh, it meant a lot because Paul went to bat for him. You know, the, the company wanted him to have a sidekick, uh, you know, a play-by-play -play guy to, uh, you know, work alongside him. And Paul was like, no, this is our product. This is how we sound. This is what we do. No, he's going to be working by himself. And Paul went to battle for him. And, and you know, the, the, the cable company didn't want, you know, Ron and Charlie, you know, working the pay-per-view. They wanted their people. It's like, no, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is our company. So the fact that Joey, I don't, I don't know how long the pay-per-view was, like two hours, two and a half hours, something like that. Something like that. And uh, just to be up there, you know, calling the action, you know, throwing two video packages, you know, uh, eventually, you know, he got, got company with Dreamer and uh, Beulah coming up. Yeah, right for for the main event, but um, you know it, 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 it meant a lot to him. So much to the fact that you know the pay per view is over. You know, Joe. You know, I just remember standing there in the locker room, and there was this Joey, just like kind of like throwing his arms, up, like, and then he takes his glasses off, he starts rubbing his eyes, and just starts openly weeping that you know he did it. And they, they weren't, you know, tears of, they were, they, they were tears of joy, put it that way. Right. And, you know, a lot of us, right. we, we all went up to him and, you know, you know, put our arms on him, you know, hey, man, you did it. You know, it's awesome. You know. I think, I think um, one of the other things that I talk about a lot, people always have these conversations about voices of our childhood. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, I'm a, I'm a Philly guy, mm -hmm. you know. Me too. You know what I'm. You know what I'm. Gonna, well, yeah, you too. I didn't know that. I forgot. We're from. Yeah, we're from the same area. Yeah. Now, I what I know. I think you know what I'm going to say here is that for me, while like you know Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan, these guys are all like definitely top tier voices of childhood. Every time I think about summers and watching wrestling, the first person I think about is Joey fucking Styles, man. Yeah. The oh my god! I mean, it's iconic. Like. Just his delivery, his cadence, his flow, the way that he excited people about listening to the product, the way he drew you in, it was unbelievable. I'm not sure for me if there's another announcer who's out there or another color commentator or even commentator 
who matches that level. Maybe Pat McAfee, I think, is is somebody who I would say is very much like Joey Styles-esque. But it's very difficult, and I found it next to, I, I haven't seen anybody who's done it as well as Joey Styles. Do you think that Joey Styles, you know, gets the credit he deserves as far as a commentator, as far as in the grand scheme of things? Because I really don't hear his name brought up much in right. when people talk about the greatest of all time, and he absolutely belongs in that list. What is, what is Blue Meanie's thoughts on that? Oh, he's definitely one of the best announcers of all time. And, uh, you know, the people who don't want to give him credit are probably the same people who don't want to give ECW credit for being what it was. There's people who want to look at ECW and go, well, it was a regional promotion. Uh, it really made very, very little impact, All the, yeah, whatever. And that's why Vince McMahon bought the rights to the company. Right, exactly. And right. that's why he funded the company. Right, yeah, sure. Okay, we can play that game if we want to. That's yeah, why, no yeah, problem. That's why Vince put it, you know, funded it, put it on his TV. Uh, it was the what, second highest uh, selling DVD of all time with Rise and Fall of ECW, which spurned One Night Stand. Wait, one spurned? Or it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which yeah. created, it brought the demand for One Night Stand, which yep. then created WWE CW. And, you know, I mean, yeah. No, but it, it didn't mean anything. It was bullshit. It, it was just fucking, you know, here we are 25 years later talking about a pay per view. Yeah. You know, with arguably one of the most iconic characters from the ECW time, you know, the Blue Meanie. But it's fine. It didn't mean anything to anyone. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely stupid, man. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no. Yes, absolutely. Joey Styles needs to be in the conversation for one of the best commentators of all time. You know, wrestling. You know, you know. There's Jim Ross. There's Lance Russell. Uh, Gordon Soley. Um, Joey Styles. You know. Yeah. If you want to do a Mount yeah. Rushmore. Uh, ah, let's do a Mount Rushmore. God damn it. It's the shits. I can't remember what regular air smells yeah. like. No more, no more Mount Rushmores. <laughs> here's, here's one of the things I forgot about until I was looking the show up. The BWO Japan <laughs> premiered at this show. Takamichi Noku, Terry Boy, and Dick To Go. The Blue World Order Japan. <laughs> it's it's Dick Togo, but uh, oh sure, sure, yeah, okay. <laughs> I knew I was gonna get a pop out of you on that one. Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, uh, waiter, yeah. I got a little bit of Dick to go. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I want to get a uh, shot of uh, sausage and a little bit of Dick to go, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but tell me any any fun uh, any fun stories about the BWO Japan and uh, oh, Dick to go? They were great. Um, and they were so cool about it. And, you know, they, they, when, when they went back to Japan, they were still BWO Japan and they, you know, wound up making up, you know, their own version of the shirt and stuff like that. But, um, that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, no, they were great guys. We, we filmed the skit where we, uh, in, inducted them into the BWO. That was at the, uh, I was at the, uh, Wonderland, uh, race park there up in, uh, Revere Mass, you know. We filmed that 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 skit um, like in the backstage area because you know you know we would get dressed where like people would you know sit and watch you know the the dog races and stuff like that. So we we sat and it was like live. We put up the live via satellite like as, as if we went to Japan to uh, you know to give them these T-shirts when we could <laughs> we could just mail them to them. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, they were great guys. Uh, 
to the fact that, you know, even when I went to WWE, we all still, you know, you know, you know, talked about, you know, how cool that was with DCW and the uh, international BWO, BWO Japan. You know, I mean, because, you know, NWO had, you know, their relationship with, you know, New Japan and NWO Japan. It only made sense for us to have our own Japanese faction, you know, branch out. So why not? Yep. If you want to go ahead and check out ECW Barely Legal 1997, it's on the Peacock app. You can go check it out right now on the WWE check uh, out Network. The cock. Check it out right there. Check it out on the cock. Uh, I'm not sure how much music is in there uh, from the original. <laughs> Uh, the original one. That's always my favorite. It's one of my favorite things about, and I know we've touched about it when we talked about New Jack and we talked about some of the other guys, but like just the, just the rebel part of using that music. Yeah. Knowing full well, Paul was like, I know that I can't use this. Like, I just think that's hilarious that, that you just, you guys just did that and, and nobody well, fucking said a word. Well, I thought it was great. Dude, we weren't the first company to do that, you know? Right, right. Early WWF would do that. They would do video packages with unlicensed music. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of my favorite promotions, Bill Watch UWF, had some of the coolest bumper music. You know, the music yeah. they'd play going to commercial, you know. Be showing a highlight of Savannah Jack throwing a super kick to uh, the cars, uh, to a car song or something like that. It just, we weren't, you know, the first to use it, but probably the last. Right. They use unlicensed. I'm sure. I'm but, sure. And dude, me. If I can, uh, I had this thought last night. I was like, oh, I gotta say this. Uh, you know, because everybody's like, oh, WWE's for sale, right? So here's my yeah. here's my fantasy booking, right? As much as I hate fantasy, Uh-oh. as much as I hate here fantasy we go. Booking, imagine, and I said this on the podcast with uh, real dad Josh. Um, I think w- if WWE gets bought by Amazon, now imagine WWE gets bought by Amazon because a, a Amazon's got their own streaming, they have their own, they can sell merch for stuff. They, but they also have Amazon Music, which uh-huh. they have the rights to stream music. Imagine they get ECW and put their original music back in the fucking shows. Holy shit, dude. Could you imagine? Yeah, because they, be they have the licenses. They have the licenses to all that music to stream it anyway. So if they stream it on their TV service, I'm sure there's somebody out there pushing up their glasses, going, "Well, actually, uh, <laughs> don't fact check us, goddamn it." Yeah, but you know, you already have the license with all these artists to stream their music. Technically, I feel like you could probably get away with that though, because if you have the Amazon Music and you have the licenses. Do you technically need to renegotiate the licenses because you're using it on a separate product, but you own the product? Like, because it's a subproduct? I don't know. Any any entertainment lawyers out there, tweet at us and let us know your thoughts on this because I, I would love to explore this uh, this topic here and, and talk about it. But, uh, Meanie, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Would you like to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget to tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meaning using the hashtag AskMeanie. Meaning I have my Yeti water bottle here with me today because I was going <laughs> to grab some of that ugly drink over at the CVS yesterday and I didn't get a chance to get back out to get it, but I promise you I'm going to have seltzer next week. What do you got for us today on tap? Uh, it's ironic that you say that because uh, polar seltzer water, uh, Ooh. they have um, their own, they have like 
fun flavors. And this one is called Yeti Mischief. Nice. Which you there got, it is. Look at that. You got your Yeti cooler. I got my Yeti Mischief. So, And you could see this live right now on Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meaning. Come yes. and join us and become part of the pod squad today. Meaning, go ahead and Sandman that shit in honor of Barely Legal. Three, Three two, two, one. Ah, this can't spoil Hell enough. That's yes. perfect. Yeah. All right, we got a couple of questions here today to get us through. Uh, actually, since we're talking about ECW and WWECW. Yes, dear. Pod Squad member Andrew Bailey wants to know, were you ever approached to become a permanent part of the WWE reincarnation of ECW? And what were your thoughts on the WWE version of ECW? I was supposed to be a part of the second one I stand. <clears throat> and then I had my lung surgery, and once they heard I was, I had surgery and lung surgery, I was told that, you know, they kind of nixed it, because they didn't. Mm. And uh, supposedly, it was supposed to be me and JBL on the second uh, pay-per-view as well, or something like that, yeah, but uh, that's the rumor. They were going to they were gonna revisit that? Yeah, rumor and innuendo. Yeah. And you know, uh, we think about rumor and innuendo here. I can't remember what regular air smells like. <laughs> it's the shits. Uh, it's the shits. <laughs> it pops me every fucking time. Uh, Bret Hart is always right. Um, yes. Um, what was the fucking question? <laughs> oh, uh, oh yeah. it was just uh, your thoughts about WWE CW. Well, uh, the rumor was, uh, you know, I was told I was going to be contacted for the second one. Then they, you know, I was, you know, when was the, uh, when was barely well, April? I had my lung surgery okay. in March, February, March. No, 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 mm. no, no. It was March because it was, I got sick right around uh, St. Patrick's Day. That year. Right. So, yeah, I was laid the fuck up and, uh. No, no, I was useless. So uh, if I had been a part of that, then there's a good chance I would have been part of the uh, original ECW. But, you know, they say, you know, chain of events, you know, stuff like that. Sliding doors, you know. If I had made that, you know, that train, you know, and the door hadn't shut my face, would I have, you know, walked in on this or the other thing? You know, it just takes one instance to change history. But, uh, you know, I, th I believe if I had been, if I hadn't gotten sick, hadn't had lung surgery, and was able to be on the second one-night stand, I believe I probably could have done something with the uh, WWECW. Josh Thornton wants to know, hey, you may have already touched on this or a similar topic, but do you think wrestling fans should worry about what's next for Ring of Honor? I feel like that having most of the final champs losing their titles to AEW talent at the last pay-per-view could be bad news for former Ring of Honor wrestlers still looking for employment. Could this be a possible WWECW experiment? That's a good uh, observation. Uh, but who knows? Um I mean, the, you know, the the Ring of Honor talent's always going to find work because they're talented, you know. Um, it might just be one of those reevaluation things, you know, because anytime there's a merger, and like there's about to be a merger with Warner Media and Discovery or something like that. Yeah, and there's going to be that's a, coming up pretty quick. And there's going to be a bloodbath, you know, uh, yeah. not literal but figurative, you know, because once a company acquires another company. 
there's going to be mass layoffs, which sucks. But, um, you know, AEW, Tony Khan, AEW acquired Ring of Honor. They're going to have it in their vision. And, you know, Tony Khan's got so much talent under contract already. He's got a place for them to go now and sp- right. spread it out a little bit, you know. Oh, excuse me. That's a little seltzer kiss for you guys, friends. Remember, patreon.com slash money. I mean, you can watch me Blue Meanie Belch. And it'll give you a little seltzer kiss right in your, uh, right in the tickle of your earbuds. I should have did it in the mic. So I could have been on the, on the board. <laughs> a little stern stuff. <laughs> Another thing for your buddy to make a song of, you know. <laughs> Carl, you listening? Let's make us, uh, let's get a burp song going yeah. as well. Fuck it. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have him leave me a voicemail. It's Carl. Jesus Christ! I can't take this shit anymore. <laughs> Fucking obnoxious. You guys are disgusting. See physician. Actually, you know what, Carl? If you're listening while you're while you're engineering the show, listen. Meanie and I will pay for you to send us out some in and out so we can eat it live on the show. Since you're in Arizona now, I yeah. feel like it's the right thing to do. Yeah, FedEx La- shit. Ah, I'm, I'm all about it. Last question for the day. Pod Squad member Andy Schlichter wants to know. Hey, Meanie. What are your thoughts on the start of the Philadelphia Phillies season? Oh, um, it's promising. Uh, as I said, you know, we record this, they lost to fucking Mets last night. Ugh. Uh, Mets. Fucking Mets. Uh, but, you know, I look, if they can win two out of every three series, they'll be fine. Uh, of course, I always worry about the bullpen. Uh, the pitching has been, eh. but then again, it's you know they had a, a shortened spring training and uh, they had a lockout where a lot of the guys weren't able to get their treatment before. You know, when you have a lockout, you're not, and you're used to going to team facilities to get your treatment and stuff like that. It fucks everything up. So a lot of guys, you know, who were getting treatment had to find some place else. So. Then the lockout, they have spring training, and these guys are a lot of guys in, around the the whole league are playing catch up, you know. So uh, you know it's 162 games, I believe. So um, actually, it's 164. No, uh, I don't know. Uh, don't fact check me. Um, it's a long season, but uh, man, that fucking they got some fucking heavy hitters on that fucking team. They'll do some fucking damage, you know. Uh, Good stuff, man. Hopefully, uh, you know, by the uh, trade deadline or whatever, they uh, pick up another, you know, pitcher or something like that, you know, along the lines. Yeah. But, yeah, the only thing that worries about that worries me about this team is the pitching. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I agree. Well, Meanie, let me ask you a question. Also, actually, shout out to my brother, Matt. It's his birthday today, and he's ah, actually at the game today. Game starts birthday. at 105. Happy birthday, Matt. Happy uh, birthday. Blue Meanie. Yes. Where can everybody find you on social media? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie, go to uh, all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, which I kind of haven't figured out yet. Uh, go to at Blue Meanie BWO. Uh, if you want to like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie, which I just put up a, uh, a new t-shirt by artist Bill Wood. It's uh, the... Philadelphia Blue Meanies. It's uh, done. A, it's it says Blue Meanie, but in the uh, logo of the Philadelphia Eagles, which is pretty cool. It's uh, in sport gray and uh, Irish green, which I pretend is Kelly green. So uh, go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash 
Blue Meanie. If you want to support Mind and the Meanie, go to wrestlingtees.com slash Mind and the Meanie. Uh, collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Uh, the pe- fine folks who I'm appearing for this weekend have lots of great wrestling-themed shirts over at collarandelbowbrand.com. Use promo code Meanie, save 10%. Uh, if you want to uh, look and smell good, you know, like my beard does, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Uh, if you're, you're a big fan of cats, it's, a, it's cat friendly. All the money, all the proceeds, I don't draw a dime from this. All the proceeds go to helping taking care of cats. So uh, go to madcatbeardcare.com. And uh, where can we find you, Mr. Bernard? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. Yes, I'm keeping it. It's a brand, pal. You can also check out my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. I do all my conversations and uh, great shows over there. We also do uh, a segment called uh, Sam Watches Bad Wrestling Poorly, where the executive voice of Mind of the Meanie, Sam Kreps, will watch really shitty wrestling matches and comment on them in real time. So go ahead and check it out right now, foundationradio.net. If you want to support the show, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Pick yourself up a t-shirt. Also want to give a shout out to real dad, Josh Chernoff. Uh, had me on Fight TV this week. I'll be uh, on Fight TV tomorrow, which is uh, actually Thursday here, but you can watch it after you listen to the show. I'm on a panel about the upcoming Impact Pay-Per-View, Impact Rebellion, which airs on April 23rd. I'll be there with Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, writer Candice Cordelia and uh, Jim Varcelone from the Miami Herald, where we talk about all the matches on there. So go ahead and check it out at Fight TV. And don't forget to check out Josh Chernoff's uh, pa- Patreon at patreon.com slash so says Chernoff. Blue Meanie, I want to thank you for your time as always. I appreciate it. Pod Squad, we love you. Don't forget patreon.com slash so <laughs> Funny story. Uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up this episode, uh, we uh, experienced a power outage here at my house and uh, the everything shut down uh, right at the end of the show. Uh, no, it was not a rib. Uh, it was not a joke. It was not a planned thing. The power just completely went out. Uh, I do not know what the statistical likelihood is of the power going out, uh, just like what happened at Barely Legal. Uh, on the anniversary of Barely Legal and while Blue Mini and I are doing an episode and talking about Barely Legal, uh, so in any event, uh, wanted to come back up and button up the show, make sure, uh, we ended it properly. Remember patreon.com slash mind of the meaning to join us early and ad free while we record for the blue meanie. I'm Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meaning. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. Blue, 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 blue world order. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 